Futures trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Opinions and statements of guests not affiliated with Everag are their own and do not reflect the views of Everag. The accuracy of their statements cannot be guaranteed by Everag. Hello and welcome to From the Furrow, brought to you by Everag Insights. Each week we talk with subject matter experts on news and topics affecting the grain markets. I'm your host, Britt O'Connell. Let's get started with a review of the markets. Today is Tuesday, April 4th. May corn is trading down 8 cents at 6.49 and 3 quarters. May soybeans are down 5.5, trading 15.16 and a half. Turning to our guest this week, it's our privilege to have Aaron Putzi, Senior Director of Information and Education at the Iowa Soybean Association. Thanks for joining us today, Aaron. You're welcome. Glad to join you today. Let's get started by telling listeners a little bit about the Iowa Soybean Association, what function you serve, who you serve. That's a great question and one that I'm pleased to to visit with you about. So the Iowa Soybean Association, founded in 1964, is dedicated, we are driven to deliver opportunities and results for Iowa's 38,000 plus soybean farmers. Uh, we do that in the areas of education, information and education. We do it in the area of driving demand for the soybeans that farmers grow. We help farmers grow soybeans. We are a leading provider of farmer-led and objective research that helps farmers uh, enhance their productivity. And then on the non-checkoff side, we are all about advancing policy and regulatory frameworks that enhance the ability for soybean farmers to prosper. Excellent. Of course, top of mind when you mention regulatory and legislative items, this is a farm bill year. Will the Iowa Soybean Association participate in the process of the new farm bill? We certainly will. And again, on the non-checkoff side, uh, we will be certainly advancing the interests, the priorities of Iowa soybean farmers in partnership with U.S. soybean farmers, courtesy of the American Soybean Association. So we do have a presence in Washington, D.C., one that will look at the farm bill and ensuring that there are provisions and policies there that help advance the needs of the soybean industry in concert with American agriculture. We also are looking very closely on the biofuel side of the the equation. In addition to farm bill work, We are uh, certainly making our voice heard to the Environmental Protection Agency, to the Biden administration on the need to really be ramping up biofuels provisions, uh, renewable fuels volume requirements uh, to really drive the industry forward. We have a really exciting future for the bio industry and for biofuels. Biodiesel made from soybeans is a big part of that. Those volumes have been lackluster at best, and we'd like to see those increase uh, sooner than later. Excellent. Well, certainly it's an exciting time to be a part of the soybean industry and a part of production agriculture, as this is probably one of the the best innovations that we've been able to bring forward and create additional demand around U.S. soybean products. So certainly exciting. We look forward to the work that you and your group do in moving the needle forward and, and helping share that message with Washington. On the acre side of the equation, last Friday, the USDA announced its planning intentions report with soybean acres coming in at an estimated 87.5 million acres. What's your take on that estimate? And very specifically, I'm curious to hear 
how you see this movement towards, you know, renewable diesel impacting the acre mix moving forward? Oh, these are these are big questions, big question marks. And of course, there is a lot that's outside of our control. What kind of uh, weather we're going to have moving into planting season? As we all know, the more timely a crop can go in, that typically bodes better for corn acres. So weather, as it always does, will have a big part of the decision-making process. And, and whether or not that acreage estimate by the USDA comes to fruition, I personally thought that uh, maybe we'd see a, a few more acres than that, given the, the strong prices that we do have in the soybean market, the outlook that we have for uh, you know, whether it be soybean meal exports in places that are advancing and increasing their poultry and their fish production. I just returned from time in Egypt and Morocco, which we have a big piece of that market. And in our visits and discussions there uh, with buyers, with processors, with millers, with farmers, with people in academia, the future looks very bright in those countries as export markets for the U.S. for soy provided that we can also get some financial footings back in place here at a time of a lot of financial upheaval globally from an inflation standpoint and also from the continued war, uh, Russia and Ukraine. So, you know, we'll see how these acres pan out again. Mother Nature will have a lot to say, as well as the soybean prices as we head into planting season, which in Iowa is almost upon us. You know, we're, we're now this first week of April and in visiting with farmers, they're eager to get uh, rolling here as we move into April and certainly into May. Absolutely. Everybody seems to be primed and ready to go. Planters have moved from inside the shed <laughs> to now being parked outside on a, 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 in a number of places, you know, inching ever closer to, to the field. And if the weather and crop insurance state give us the green light, I think we're going to see a lot of activity uh, start to happen, which is always exciting. It's uh, indeed it's a great time of year. Indeed. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, I think you know, there's there's optimism out there uh, in agriculture. You know, we came off a really strong year, you know, 2022, uh, moving into 2023. Of course, we've got the gyrations out there in the markets. Uh, your market report just indicated that after, uh, you know, the last three or four trading days where we added quite a bit onto the soybean price. And, you know, we're going to see those fluctuations. The farmers that I visit with overall, they're optimistic. Certainly, there are challenges in the windshield. You know, we've mentioned the continued war in Ukraine and the, the dominoes that fall globally because of that, how that may uh, end up influencing planting intentions as well. That could still be an influencer. We talked about the weather. We talk about inflation. You know, we've seen a little bit of a moderation of input prices desperately needed. You know, land prices remain strong. Demand remains strong. You mentioned renewable fuels. A lot of optimism in that market, whether it be renewable diesel, sustainable aviation fuel. You know, so you you look at the, yeah, are there challenges, of course. But if you look at the big picture, there's also a lot of reason to be optimistic. It seems as if challenges really are just opportunities disguised by hard work. And the American farmer has never shied away from taking advantage of challenges and creating opportunities and being innovative. And that's what I love about production agriculture. It's what I love about our industry is the optimism and the willingness to pivot and dig in and do hard things to make our industry better. But we do, we've got some hurdles. One of the hurdles that we had last year that impacted soybeans specifically, it certainly had an impact on corn as well. But as we know, 
a lot of soybeans move at harvest out of the field, down the river system, and into our export market. Last year, producers faced some challenges as we moved into that key time of year with both railroad issues that existed prior to harvest, and then compounding that was the low river uh, levels that we saw in the Mississippi River, which hindered the movement of barges both up and down the river. Do you foresee some of those issues clearing up this year, or are you expecting them to persist as we move into the new growing season? Well, logistics are incredibly important. It's one of the competitive advantages that we have long held here in the U.S. and in the upper Midwest is being able to get product to market, whether it be through uh, the Gulf or whether it be out of the Pacific Northwest and the advancements that have been made to get to, to be able to rail soybeans to the Pacific Northwest and then get them through Grays Harbor to destinations in Southeast Asia and beyond. You know, again, as we look at river flows in the Mississippi, we've, you know, we saw that that low point we've added to that because of some very beneficial rains that we've gotten to help with the Mississippi River flow. Uh, we've got a lot of snowpack in the upper Midwest, which I think uh, now if I've heard, you know, they're, they're now telling people along the Mississippi to maybe brace for flooding. So, you know, it reminds us how quickly things can change. So I, I think that we'll, you know, we, we can't take our logistical advantage for granted. That's why the Iowa Soybean Association, the United Soybean Board and others have done a lot to invest in the logistics, whether it be deepening the lower Mississippi River, whether it be providing some seed funding for research to move forward on some lock and dam improvements along the Mississippi. Again, transportation is critically important. As you pointed out, we've got a window to be able to get soybeans from the field to the market Anything that challenges that logistics and, and challenges that flow, that timely movement of grain is certainly something that will catch our attention. And we're working diligently to make sure that our logistics work for the soybean farmer at the time they need to work. Certainly, all eyes will be paying attention to how those logistics play out this year, but it does look a little bit more promising. It does. On the global front, and you mentioned how much of a global marketplace that we live in these days, Argentina specifically has had some issues. And they're one of the largest growers of soybeans globally. They're the largest exporter of soybean meal into the global marketplace. Have you heard much about how the crop is progressing in that region and how that could potentially impact soybean prices and maybe even soybean acres for the coming year? I think one of the reasons we're seeing, you know, soybean prices hang in there at a time when typically we see a bit of a, of a lull or a dip as U.S. farmers get ready to head to the field is because of the challenges that Argentina has had to produce a soybean crop, not only this year, but really the last four or five, six seasons. Uh, growing seasons. They've had a, you know, they've just been devastated by drought. And, and this year, it could be the worst of the last five or six in terms of the impact on producers in Argentina. As you pointed out, it's really the United States, it's Brazil, and it's Argentina that really produce the soybeans that, are, that the world market needs. I've traveled to Argentina. I was in Brazil last year. We all know that they're expecting another big crop, in fact, a crop that continues to get bigger in Brazil, while Argentina's crop continues to get smaller. Again, that is a factor. That's a, something that U.S. farmers will consider. And again, it's, it shows up in the price. And price drives intentions and decisions at the farm gate. And if we continue to see 
challenges with that Argentina crop, it will make soybean farmers or U.S. farmers look a little bit more closely at putting acres to soybeans. But again, you know, you've got wheat, you know, you've got wheat in the equation, you have corn. We always like to have competition for acres amongst the commodities here in the U.S. And we have that heading into this planting season. Absolutely. You've mentioned it multiple times, but I think there's a lot of optimism in production agriculture, you know, not just around price, but really specifically about the opportunities that exist even beyond price to continue to expand the demand for soybeans and all of the ag products that that we grow here in America. Aaron, it was a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the work that you and the Iowa Soybean Association do on behalf of America's soybean growers. We appreciate it. If listeners would like to learn more about the Iowa Soybean Association, how can they do so? I think the easiest way is online, www.iasoybeans.com. And I also want to thank you for what you uh, and Everag do to really share the story of agriculture, to share the story of food production. And I want to also recognize, not only recognize the farmers, but also to uh, wish them a very safe and productive planting season. Uh, you know, it, when, when it's go time, it's go time. But, you know, be safe. We want it to be a successful planting season, and that always starts with safety. Let's hope we get the crop in in a timely fashion and uh, make time for family every step of the way as well. Absolutely. Well said, Aaron. We certainly share your sentiment on all of those fronts. If you've enjoyed listening to From the Furrow, subscribe to our podcast, share it with a friend, or give us a review. Thank you to Corey Romero, our wonderful producer, and Paige Driscoll for mixing and mastering today's show.